Hi, my name is Kareem Kanji, and this is the What's Next podcast, produced and brought to you by Active International. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Rachel Wiseman. Rachel is the CEO of NRMA Expeditions, based in Australia. She's charged with growing the organization's interest in experiential tourism with a focus on bespoke product that showcases Australia's natural environment. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Thank you for joining us. Hi, I'm Rachel Wiseman. I'm CEO of NRMA Expeditions. It's a new business being built under the NRMA group of businesses. We are the wild places company and we exist to connect people to nature, each other, themselves again, in hope of inspiring those moments of joy. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. I'm excited to be here. So uh, the travel industry obviously has uh, experienced things that a lot of businesses have, especially in the past few years, a lot of downs, a lot of ups, recovery. I understand uh, that it's made a strong come back post pandemic. I traveled myself uh, this past summer here, uh, north of the equator. How, how do you see the travel industry specifically evolving over the next couple of years, both in Australia where you are, but as well overseas? What are you seeing? Well, I'm seeing an industry right now that has come out of a very bleak period. I think COVID uh, impacted tourism and many other industries uh, to the point everything stopped. So right now, businesses in Australia, and I've just come back from traveling in Europe myself, are just trying to, you know, we're through the brushing off the cobweb stage and we're at the point now of refocusing on the customer and what we've got to get right to keep, uh, keep our customers happy. I think anyone who's traveled recently would notice there are um, staff wanted signs absolutely everywhere. Things aren't quite as smooth as they used to be. Um, and it's a lot more expensive. So we've seen inflation pick up too over this last period. So we're getting used to uh, uh, being resilient and adapting quite quickly out of all these shocks. But I think particularly we are seeing that our guests really want that nature-based experience. They want to disconnect. They've been trapped at home in front of their computers on endless Teams and Zoom calls. Uh, that's not what they want. They want to be in nature. Uh, they want to be free to, to walk, to bike, or simply just to restore and a beautiful place and be looked after. Uh, I think we're going to see more of that, that return to nature, that return to uh, a little bit of cocooning, but away from the home uh, and, and that connection with, with others. Um, we've invested in some beautiful lodges in Tasmania, which are very remote. Um, and we've seen demand off the hook since uh, since we've come out of COVID. But the reason for that is there are a way that people can keep safe in quite a wild environment uh, so they can go out and come back and be fed good food, wine, 
lovely place to sleep. Uh, and that's what we're seeing uh, is really resonating with people in Australia. And as we look abroad, um, the, the, the same sort of dynamic is happening. They want to connect, you know, coastal areas, um, walks, uh, cruises are actually coming back very strongly, which is counterintuitive given the bad rap that they got uh, during COVID, but particularly these small expedition style cruises. So 120, 180 people on board uh, that give people the opportunity to actually get off the ship two or three times a day to go and explore the regions. Um, we're seeing there's this really strong thematic behind that at the moment and, uh, and people can't get enough. And people during COVID uh, who had booked didn't want their money back. They held out for two or three years just so they could get on, on the ship and travel again and reserve their position. So I have a suspicion the desire never went away. It's just doubled down now. We've come out the other side. That's really interesting. Yeah, a lot of people were traveling a lot uh, uh, this past season. I'm trying to understand, and I think you you alluded to a bit of it uh, in your answer there, uh, why people are beginning to opt for this new type of ecotourism, if you if if we want to give it a name, why are people moving that way, or 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 has there been a long transition already? I think the transition has been long. I I really feel like it's not, ecotourism isn't a differentiator anymore. We. Where we, where we uh, might have thought getting rid of plastic in rooms uh, would set us apart, uh, that's as an example from other operators. Now, it's, particularly in Australia, it's just a, your, your license to, to exist and to offer the service. It's one of the things people are expecting as a bottom line. Uh, where, where we are shifting to as a business is actually to try and not just uh, conserve, but invest to make the places we operate in even better. Um, and we think that's where we all need to head to. We've all seen pictures of the huge cruise ships parked alongside the port at, at you know, in Venice, and you can't see anything from beyond them. Um, we we see that if operators are going to do that, the communities want something in return for that. And that's something is, is not just that we're bringing all these people, it's that we are investing in infrastructure, we are investing in the community, we're telling the stories of the local community. And through that, I, I believe, and, and our business believes, that people walk away with a clear understanding and a heightened sense of care and when people care about environments and the communities that they've been in, they will do something to look after them, even if it's not doing something to, you know, to destroy it a little bit. Um, so we think that's vitally important and it's a core sort of value uh, of ours. That is really, really nice, really, really interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, that, that reminds me of... It's not a saying, but you know, in business, we we always have been speaking about profit, but uh, rec not recently, but you know, it's been a trend over the past number of years where people are saying there needs to be more. It's 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 about profit, yes, but it's also about people uh, as well. It's about planet and 
you know, what what are the outcomes that impact not just profit, but also people and planet uh, well, as I, well? And I think they're all related, you know. I think we can't carry on making profit by taking people to wild, pristine places unless they are wild and pristine, you know, and and unless the community welcomes us there. And so NRMA is, is a unique organization in terms of the fact that it's member owned, so it's a mutual. Uh, and profit is just one of the elements, but we have a, a, and we take very seriously our obligation to the communities we work in and to sustainability, the full E, the S and the G, uh, and, and our member base and our members, you know, are uh, 2.6 million people that live in, in predominantly live in New South Wales, but will increasingly be living anywhere in Australia and potentially anywhere in the world as we start to expand these types of offerings. Uh, and so they hold us to account and, uh, and it's good that they do. So you've talked a bit about what uh, NRMA is doing um, uh, as a business, uh, both with its members as well as, you know, in the communities that they operate in. If we take a look at travel industry as a whole in Australia, uh, and maybe with a global lens as well. Uh, in, in your, your thoughts, in your opinion, what actions does the travel industry need to take to continue to support responsible travel, if you will? Oh, there's so much. There's so much. And we are just at the beginning of our journey. So I think what you mentioned earlier, Karim, is that it's a people industry. So we have to look after our people. I mean, that's the very first thing. If we're not looking after our people, they're not looking after our guests and they're not looking after our communities. So that's our starting point. Um, we then are very involved in, in the transition to green energy. For We own an investment in uh, three small cruise ships, uh, 120 people at the at at the most, we have ferries that run on Sydney Harbour. Um, we have diesel generators that sit to operate some of our properties that are very remote. So we do a lot of work now in thinking about transition to hydrogen for propulsion technology. Um, we are thinking and rolling out, uh, NRMA generally is rolling out an electric vehicle charge network. We are very interested in looking at community batteries off solar, and Australia is pretty blessed that we we have a big solar uh, opportunity with solar. But and globally, we can see businesses like businesses like Hertigruten, which is a large um, expedition cruise ship company, making that transition and experimenting with hydrogen as a propulsion technology. But in Australia, we also have an obligation on the S side of the, on the, uh, to really look after and tell the stories and enable our Indigenous population to tell their stories. And that's a big part of tourism in Australia. It's growing. Uh, and we've got a lot of work to do there because it's been a fraught history. And people are shy to talk about it. So it means we have to work hand in glove with the local communities uh, and really take the lead from, from the traditional owners and let them guide the way for us. Uh, and we're going to stuff up, right? That is absolutely going to be, and we're going to have to learn and keep that humility while we do. And I think lots, that's a story sort of globally that we need to 
yeah, learn from. I think New Zealand does it very well um, uh, with the Maori population, uh, the Maori customs and traditions, uh, and, and we can all learn something from that. Wow, that's really amazing. Rachel, what's next for the travel industry in Australia, globally? Are, are there lessons that we've learned uh, because of COVID that will impact uh, you know, post-pandemic growth. What's next? Mm. I think next is this premiumization and and the search for value from from travelers. Um, it will it will cost more. Uh, we know that we've seen inflation hit. So how do we add that next level of value? So extreme customer customer centricity has to lead that. Um, really know who you're offering your product to and what they want. In Australia particularly, we know that there is a high demand for more premium accommodation in these remote areas. You can find it in the metros, but you can't find it regionally as easily. So we see that as a big thematic coming through. The expedition and the small group touring we see as an next thematic globally. Uh, people don't want to be in the large groups post-pandemic, they want to be in smaller groups of like-minded people where they learn from each other as, and as well as have fun with each other during the tour. So I can see smaller, local, uh, until we get uh, the airline industry brings back all the capacity, I think it's going to be domestic tourism for a little while longer. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a very enlightening conversation. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Power your advertising. Working with Active International enables you to fund your advertising using your company's own products, assets, or even services. We have over 30 years' experience connecting and bringing value to businesses all over the globe, helping many brands scale up into household names. Want to achieve more from your marketing spend? Contact Active International today.